Hey everybody, I'm Nick Galfis. I play Dr. Halstead in Chicago Med, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Welcome to episode 163 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we are going back in the vault. We're taking it all the way back to 2014. We are covering Chicago Fire season three, episode 10. The season three mid-season finale, actually. This one's called Santa Bite. See the theme we're going for here? <laughs> Little theme. It's like not even that Christmassy though. I was like, oh, this is like actually a Christmas one. And then I like watched it back and I was like, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Is it me or is this the closest thing we have to a Christmas episode of any of the three shows? No, the season one one we already did. Remember where the Christmas party and Dawson and Casey oh. and the almost, that's the, I think the closest one. Duh, Gina. So um, there's a special guest with us today. Usually it's just me and Bryna, but today we've got friend of the pod and writer for Fangirlish, Samantha Roberts is here. Samantha, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. This is going to be fun. So um, we met you at the con last year in Chicago for the first time, correct? Correct. Right. And I think you were with your mom, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think we ran into each other again a couple days later at filming when they were filming the Infection crossover. Oh. Yes. Good memories. So good. So I good. miss Chicago so much. I want to go back. Too. Oh, same. It, I, I can't believe, I see those pictures still and I like can't believe it's been a year. It feels like it's been like an it's eternity. It's been more than a year. It's been like a year and, I don't know, three months, four months. Yeah. Jeez. It's so crazy. So, ugh, crazy. Now, before we get into the episode, we do have a little bit of news. We always like to kick it off with the news. Um, Nothing too crazy, just kind of some light fun stuff. So the first thing is, is that we got a new episode of Unscripted. I'm behind on these. I need to catch up. Catch up, girlfriend. I know. I know. So the latest episode of Unscripted had Daniel Kyrie and Alberto Rosende, a.k.a. Gallo and Ritter, a.k.a. the Millennials. Just... (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen it yet? I've seen a part of it. I've seen a part of it. I've seen like the first couple minutes and literally all I've seen is Alberto be like, I'm a fan. And Daniel goes, I'm a fan of yours. And like, that's all I've seen. Samantha, have you seen it yet? Yes, I've seen it. Oh, it's just so fun. They get, Gina, you'll love it. They get like really nerdy about acting and kind of like, not the theory behind acting, but like how they get into character. It's just like that kind of like nerdy stuff that we love. Um, it's just so much fun. I'm so glad they put Daniel and Alberto together. It's just like 30 minutes of pure. I was like smiling the whole time. It's so good. I, I loved it. Yeah, I loved every minute of it. That's so great. That's so great. Samantha, where do you stand on like the really nerdy stuff? Do you love it when they get in the weeds like that? Or are you just kind of like, I, I, that's too much for me? No, oh, no, I love it. Yeah. Good uh, stuff. Yeah. That's my favorite. The one that Nick Gelfast did with uh, the guy from Law and Order, I, I like. I could have listened to that for hours. Like that's my jam. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I still have to watch that one. There's a couple of them I still have to. There's so many of them, and I love it. But like, yeah, there's like one or two I haven't seen yet still, and I'm just like, man, I gotta find time to watch them. I still gotta find Marlene and Zach or Zico because we all know yeah, my I heart eyes for Zico. Yeah. yeah, I have to watch. Yeah, have you watched FBI at all? Uh, 
Yes, I love FBI. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I still have to watch the episode, the season premiere of this one, just so I can see Josh Sagara. I don't care about it otherwise, but oh I'm going to watch Josh, Josh Sagara. Yes. I love Josh. We love Josh Sagara on this podcast. This might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but right before we got on the mic, we were talking about Christmas movies. Samantha, have you seen Christmas on the Square yet? Not yet. That is on my list to watch as soon as I get a break from work. Bump it up to number one on your list. Just... Bump it up. It's... <laughs> okay. Your Josh Cigar loving heart will thank you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It, it really will. Gina and I were just texting last weekend the whole time. We were just like, man, Josh Cigar in this movie is like amazing. Yeah. All right. Noted. Chef's kiss. I will watch that. You'll thank <laughs> us. I promise. <laughs> yeah, you really will. <laughs> That's funny. So next up, friend of the pod, Ashley Summerell over at Telltale TV. She did an interview with Kara Kilmer. Um, this was basically in the wake of the the tiny little bitty non-significant thing that happened at the end of 802. 902. 902. 902. Yeah. You know, because nothing really notable happened in that episode, right? Like nothing major at all. I mean, not even at the end. I mean, you know, Brett didn't have anything going on that episode. Not at all. I mean, uh, yeah. No, no, not at all. Nothing. So, (laughs) no. Brenda, will you take us through this, please? Yeah, it's a really good read. And she talks a lot, which I was kind of, I mean, I'm glad Ashley got to talk to her because Kara doesn't do a lot of press. Mm -mm. So it was really interesting to see what she had to say, especially because these first two episodes have been so Brett heavy. But she talks a lot about, obviously, uh, Brett be a, men- a mentor to Gianna and there's but obviously there's a lot of Casey and Brett stuff in here and there's just one thing that I wanted to pull out because I thought was really interesting and it said Kilmer said Brett asked Casey about Dawson in part because she doesn't want to have to compete with anyone else she also felt Brett had to ask it at that moment because their connection was so strong and it would be more difficult to address later on I respect that about her I respect that she's getting to a place in her life where she's trying to prioritize her needs and I think that's I think part of why she's being able to do that is because Casey's taught her how to do it. I just, I, I think she had a lot of interesting things to say about the way Brett and Casey have evolved and where they're going. And it was just a really, really good interview. And I'm not just saying that because Ashley's our friend. <laughs> um, I will shamelessly take this moment to brag about our friends, though, and say that they are very smart and they ask the best questions. Yeah, Ashley knew what to ask, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Love this. Samantha, where do we stand on Bretzy with you? How do you feel about Brett and Casey? Be honest. This is a safe space. We promise. I love Bretzy. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, such a huge fan of them. I'm very, yeah. It's, yeah. And I mean, we're going to get into the thick of it with Dossie here in this episode. But uh, yeah, how, how did you feel about that last scene at the end of 902? Oh, it was a long time coming. Like, I loved it so much. Did it live up to your expectations? Yes. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was good, but, you know, didn't end the way we wanted it to. No, no, mm-hmm. definitely not the ending I would have hoped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, uh, yeah, and the other thing with Bretzy, too, and then we can move on, I promise, is just I feel like. I feel like the way Kara has played it and the way the writers wrote it, it was almost as if they were like, jokes on you guys. Because all this time, none of you thought that she was going to think about Gabby. Everybody thought that it was going to be like Gabby who and everybody was pissed off and like jokes on you because it was on Brett's mind the whole damn time. Yes. 
Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad it, I'm glad it was. I'm glad they brought it up. I'm glad we're getting it out of the way and we can move on from it. Hopefully. Yeah. So the last bit of scoop we've got is from Matt's inside line. This broke late on Tuesday afternoon. I was like, what day is that we're recording? What day is today? Yeah. (laughs) Um, This broke late on Tuesday afternoon. And so um, we were happy because there was scoop on both 911 and 911 Lone Star, but there was also Chicago PD scoop. So we were happy yes. with that. Um, yeah. So Riley asked if there's any scoop on Berzik or Upstead. And the scoop we got was this. So Rick Eyed offers up this cryptic tease for the latter twosome. Losing the baby had a major impact on both of them, but their relationship will continue to evolve and deepen. There is definitely a possibility for a real relationship. I don't think cryptic is the right word there. There was nothing ominous about that. I also feel like he's been saying the same thing. It, forever I don't know I feel like in at least in this press cycle like pre-season eight I feel like he said the same thing like I don't feel like that was anything I didn't already know <laughs> I feel like this poor man is working on like five shows at what not five just most wanted FBI and PD right just those three is he working on any law and order shows is he working on most wanted I think so I don't know I don't know. He's just working on a lot of shows. So he's just like, I don't have time for this. Like, why are you asking me this right now? <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. I, so. Yeah. Like I said, I, I feel like that was nothing new, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Samantha, do you primarily watch Chicago Fire? Or do you watch all three? I can't remember. I watch all three. Okay. Okay. So where do we stand on Berzik? I don't hate them, but they're not like my top one chicago couples Mm -hmm. they're they're okay fair they're just meant to be together they're just yeah those two i'll agree i'll agree with that Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like regardless of whether they end up together it's about time they try to get back together and see whether it's they're gonna be end game or not like i obviously want them to be end game but like we've been circling and circling each other for like four seasons now five seasons has it been five seasons since they've been together i think that well i don't know it's been a long ass regardless it's been a long ass time and i just feel like it's finally time for them to get back together and do something i don't know yeah i mean i guess that depends on how you define together right because like two they were together three they broke up i'm talking about like at in a relationship not hooking up oh it's been like five or six seasons yeah it's been like five seasons right season three I yeah yeah, yeah. I know, I know. So, get it together, you two. Goodness. So, that is all we've got on the news. As always, if you have any news, if you see anything, please send it to us. You guys are really good about that, and we do really appreciate it because it's just two of us and a whole big internet, and sometimes we miss things. And yeah, so. Uh, no patron shoutouts today. That's okay. But if you would like to support the show for as little as $2 a month, please head to the link in our bio on pretty much like all of our social media to get more information. Um, there's cool access there, like our Facebook group. Uh, there's a couple of tiers that have bonus episodes. There's a tier that has a discount ca- discount code for our merch store. There's some cool stuff. So um, check that out. And if you have any questions about that, just let us know. But without further ado, I think we shall move into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So this is season three, episode 10. This is a season three mid-season finale. So this originally aired on December 2nd, 2014. So this episode is now six years old, which like, 
how is anything with this show like six, seven, eight years old now? Crazy. It still feels like everything was like just yesterday. Samantha, did you watch like live from the beginning or did you, were you one of those like me where you binged it at some point and then started watching live? So I watched med live, but I didn't start watching fire or PD until after the first Chicago heroes event. That's when oh, I wow. started getting it. That's when I first kind of got into the other ones. So, so did you, you watch Med and then I got, wow, jeez. Yeah. Did you go to the Heroes event not ha- having not seen Fire or PD? Yeah. I saw an ad for it for Nick and Tori because I started watching Med because I was all into like this medical stuff. And so I saw Nick and Tori and I was like, oh, okay, I'll go meet them. And then everybody was talking about how PD and Fire were their favorites. So I'm like, oh. Okay, then I guess I'll go home and I'll binge PD and fire. <laughs> I love it. So were the PD guys walking around and you were just like, I have no idea who these incredibly good looking men are? I mean, I had heard of them, but I had just hadn't watched their shows. So I was like, oh, okay, there's Patty. I've heard of him, Jesse. I know who he is. But like, I haven't, I didn't like watch it the didn't show mean anything. anything right, yeah. right. I love that. Yeah. That's so funny. And then who was there from Fire? It was uh, Joe... Christian, Yuri, Yuri, Kara, Kara, and yeah, okay, yeah, that's fun. The first one was a lot of fun. I mean, not to say the second one wasn't, but the first one was a lot of fun. First one was a lot of fun. Yeah, I wish I would have watched the shows at that point, so then I could have met more people than just Nick and Tori. Not that Nick and Tori aren't amazing, but (laughs) aren't they the sweetest? They're so nice. They are so sweet. I love them so much. Yeah, Tori's like super down to earth and Nick is just like an absolute goofball and then like Nick rips on Tori and Tori just takes it and it's just so funny. Yeah, they're the greatest. Yeah, old married couple, quite literally. Mm -hmm. So funny. So, okay. So where we left off in the the series, because again, I mean, this episode is six years old. It's crazy. So where we left off, Mills just lost a patient. So this is the one where Mills had the patient. He and Brett got called and this kid drowned. And it seemed like he was going to be okay at first. But then he suffered from a secondary drowning in the Ambo and he died. So the father, this kid's father is like a big crime boss, basically. And so now Mills is like, well, shit, that's bad. So that's about that with Mills. Um, Dossie is having all sorts of problems. Dare I say Dossie's at their second worst here than they, like like they are in the whole series they're probably at the second worst the, the worst being at the end of when gabby leaves yeah this is not a this is not a good dossie episode at all it's really bad really bad really really not bad good. so at the at, in the last episode in 309 basically gabby went rogue and casey and gabby were like fighting the whole time and they're still fighting now And so at the end of the episode in 309, Casey catches Gabby and Mills holding hands and talking at Molly's. Okay. All right, Gabby. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Elsewhere, in happier news, Donna is pregnant. So um, Bowden and Donna are not parents yet. Terrence is still on the way. So that's exciting. Crazy. Yeah. So we've come so far. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to start with the Dossie-sized elephant in the room, because I feel like we just, there's, when is there not a Dossie-sized elephant in the room, right? Especially in these seasons, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. Samantha, where, where, how do you feel about Dossie? Where do you stand? Just, just let it out. Okay. Kind of on, along the lines of Berzik, like, I liked them, but they weren't, like, my 
favorite. Like they were like in my top one Chicago couples. Okay, you and Brenna have that in common. Yeah, I yeah, I just feel like Dossie Jane never communicated enough, and they just they had a lot of issues. They just never really worked through, and it got to a point where it was like really annoying. (laughs) I will agree with that. Like really, really annoying. So, I mean, I I feel the way, watching this episode now, I feel the way I did, like, going back and watching One Tree Hill through adult eyes. Just mark that down, first One Tree Hill reference of the night, whatever. Um, (laughs) I know, like, what, 15 minutes in? Whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's that, seeing this episode now through, like, 2020 Gabby left eyes, I'm just like, oh, girl, oh, you didn't do that. So I, I definitely see it in a different light than I saw it the first time. So, yeah. Gina, I have a question for you. I don't remember if I've ever, I probably have asked you this. Is Do- Dossie is not still on your top 10 anymore, are they? No, they fell off about as fast as they got on there. I was going to say, I didn't think so. Yeah, no. They, I was like, oh, Dossie. Oh, shit. No, Dossie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't think so. So, no. Okay, so we start off and... Casey's walking in and it's just so awkward. It's so awkward. And so Mills is like, hey, Casey, let me just make things worse than they already are. And he's just like, I would never try to insert myself into you and Gabby's business, which is a bold faced lie, by the way. Bold faced lie. Uh, because when he <laughs> leaves, do you remember when he leaves, he kisses Gabby and it's like, if you ever want to come to Wilmington, like I'm here. Yeah, but yeah. Bold faced lie. But that's not actually inserting himself into... Because Gabby and Casey are not together at that point. In 317? No. Because remember, they break up at the end of season three, and then they have their, like, sexy time, and they hook up, and that's how she gets pregnant, and remember? Look, those two break up and get back together again so often that I just can't keep track of it. They're kind of, like, checked in at this point. They're just never together, always together, always fighting, always getting along. Like, I just can't keep track. Yeah, no, they're not together at that point. So it's not technically the same, but yes, I understand your point. Mm-hmm. So um, Matt gives off the most icy, cold, like he just goes, noted Mills, and just keeps walking. Like, when you get Matt to act like a teenage girl, you know you've done messed up. Yeah, you fucked up, Mills, but it's okay. We still love you. You're still adorable. Charlie Barnett, our little Netflix star. Oh, miss him. Come back, please. Please? Ugh. So Gabby tries to save face like she's she's totally like skirting around it, but she tries to make a safe face in this episode. It's like she she meets up with Matt in like the laundry room, wherever they are, and she makes light of it. And so she's like, sometimes I just kind of word vomit and I don't even remember what I said. What are you doing? Yeah, that was bad. Really bad. Like, yeah. Samantha, how did you feel about this? this is one of the many moments where I just got really annoyed with Gabby yeah she's completely minimizing everything that's going on between them and I I went back and watched 309 and prep for this episode and like she really messed up in 309 like really messed up yeah I think the thing that really bugs me about this is like don't try to like you said don't try to make light of it like just be honest about it. Yeah. I just, I don't understand. It yeah, understand. it just goes back to the whole communication issues thing. Yeah. They don't know how to communicate. They really no. don't. Mm-mm. No. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, and saying that she doesn't even remember what she said. Yeah, just just own up. Be like, yeah, I was talking to Mills. We've been fighting. I fucked up. It sucks. I was venting. That's all she has to do. Right. I wasn't really thinking when I was trying to hold his hand or it wasn't the holding of the hand wasn't supposed to be romantic, blah, 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 whatever she wants to say. But don't be like, yeah, I didn't really know it was the alcohol. Don't. No, 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 no. Okay, but here's a question. Is Gabby too proud to say I fucked up and actually mean it? Is Gabby capable of like acknowledging her mistake and being like, sorry? Has she ever done that? Samantha, do you know? Not that I'm aware of. I don't, because like I'm thinking about, I mean, like everything, like I'm thinking about like every little thing that she's done, and especially like season six up until when she left, like she never apologizes, which. On the one hand, is something that you do like about Gabby, that, like, she is who she is and doesn't apologize for it, and, like, she is a strong woman, and that is something that I've always did like about Gabby. But on the other hand, I do think, especially when it came to her relationship with Matt, there were times where she should have been like, yeah, it was my fault, I'm sorry, and she never really did. I, just thinking about this right now, I can't really recall a time ever where she's owned up to her mistake. No. Mm-mm. Which, again, has its good... At some points, yes, that's fine. And at some points, it's not okay. Yeah, it's tough to draw that line, right? Because that that's always been one of our, like, favorite things about her is that, like, she doesn't apologize ever. She just does whatever she wants and she just gets it done. But also, it's, you know... Right. It's a fine I line. Also, I think there is a line, too, to be drawn between being... Unapologetically being yourself and not apologizing for that but also apologizing when you fucked up. Right, right. Like, I think it's okay to unapologetically be yourself and be who you are, but, like, that doesn't mean you can't apologize when you made a mistake. Right. And being unapologetically yourself is fine until it starts to adversely impact others. Right. And especially time and time again. Right, right. So, I mean, not only is she screwing Casey over personally, I mean... I gotta be careful how I phrase that because, you know, they're screwing in more ways than one. Um, But yeah, I mean, she's screwing them over personally, but also professionally, she's hurting both of them. And I don't even think she realizes it. Nope. Nope. It's messy. It's messy. So later on, she approaches him again. And this one gets ugly. The first time was just kind of like, but this one is pretty ugly. And so we pulled the clip from this because it's that bad. Okay, I was frustrated. I admit, you bust my chops at work, we both bring it home, it affects us in ways that aren't exactly healthy. You're the one who signed up for this, working for your fiancé. We both did. Yeah, because I thought you could handle it. Me? I'm not the one crawling back to my old flame to complain about my future spouse. I didn't crawl back to anything. I watched it happen. I heard what I heard. Okay, it's getting ugly. Yeah, that was just, again, they, when they fight, they fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But and we, so we talk about this time and time again, how like Casey doesn't Casey's pretty chill and laid back and like easygoing until you piss him off. And then it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So and I feel like Casey is kind of harsh here. But on rewatching this, like the first time I saw it, I was like, Casey, oh, my God. But now rewatching it six years later, I'm like, no, he's got points. Yeah, I think, but also I think, too, that's, like, knowing what we know and how, like, the rest of the series has gone on so far. Like, in hindsight, yeah, he Mm -hmm. has points. 
Samantha, was Casey too harsh here? What do you think? In my opinion, no. I think I was on Casey's side for pretty much this entire episode. Yeah. 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 So. Um, Herman notes the awkwardness of the moment and he basically tells them, he's like, take this conversation elsewhere. And so, um, God, talking to your lieutenant like that is like death wish. My God. But I don't think he was trying to say like, be, you know, be like, yo, take this elsewhere. I think it's more like they don't, they didn't realize they were doing it out in the open or, you know, didn't really realize they were doing it out in the open. And then people were around and listening to them you know, go at each other's throats is probably, you know, it's like, yo, people are here. Yeah. Just, and, and Casey's like, I was done anyway. Casey <laughs> mad. Yeah. Casey real mad. So yep. Gabby and Brett later on, they have a moment in the laundry room and it's so easy to forget here. We're only 10 episodes into season three. So Shay has not been gone for that long. Like Shay's death is pretty, still pretty fresh. Brett just got here. Severide only just went to Vegas and got rid of Brittany and had that super awkward moment where he was like stroking Brett's hair. <laughs> super fresh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I tried to, and then I rewatched some old episodes and I was like, oh, that happened. I wanted to forget about that. Yeah. 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 So I feel like this is Gabby and Brett's first like real bonding moment. This is their first moment of girl time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or one of them. I don't know if the first, but yeah, definitely one of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, they, Brett says she's like, there's not enough estrogen in this house. So, you know, if you ever want to download, I'm here. And that's great. And then Gabby tells a story about a, the barbecue from last year. And she talks about Casey and Hallie and simpler times. And I like how Brett just basically is like, you just brought up Hallie, who got burnt to a crisp and died SVU style. But it was easier times. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. TBT to Hallie. What the what a time! Oh man, we've covered that episode, right? When she dies. Yeah, just... we've covered one of the, or at least one of them. Yeah, I think we talked about that episode. God, that episode, uh, just Hallie, man. SVU death, just horrible. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so horrible. Mm-hmm. So Brett gives Dawson a sweater to put in the bottom of her locker, so when she finds it in a year, she can basically remember this day where they had this talk, which is nice. That's sweet. Yeah, it's crazy to think, like, again, like you said, it's, like, weird to see Brett's trajectory now from, like, early, you know, her early days to now and, like, her friendship with Dawson. It's kind of, it's kind of nice to, like, reminisce on this. Okay, um, I've had a total brain fart between, like, prepping for this episode and now. Where in Indiana is Sylvie from? Fowlerton. There we go. I was, like, Silverton something tin? I, I, like, brain fart. I was, like, oh, no, I'm lacking in my trivia bad fallerton yep so meanwhile so like gabby's on one side having her girl time right meanwhile casey is grabbing severide to go have bro time and like the this is like the worst possible moment in chicago fire history to grab kelly severide to go have bro time it's so bad everything about this whole sequence and not even because they're going to hit on girls whatever just everything that comes out of their mouths and that it's just everything is so cringy and terrible it's so bad yeah it's pretty bad it's pretty bad and i mean the one time you don't want to grab your best friend is right after he's come off a bender from grieving his best friend's death and getting over a marriage in vegas and (sighs) just or the best time in their opinions yeah, so 
So they go to this bar and it's not Molly's, um, which is probably good because, you know, if you're going to go get drunk and be an idiot, it's probably best not to do it in a bar where everybody knows you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And so Casey, or they, Severite's like, so what's going on with you guys? Blah, blah, blah. And then drunk Casey is like, if I wanted to talk about my feelings. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so bad. Casey so is bad. like, Casey's equal parts. Like, he's making a ton of points. And he's he's totally on his game. He's completely in the right in this episode. But he's also, like, really annoying. I don't even. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would personally use the word annoying. It's just this scene is like everything that is wrong with men and society. It's just so bad. I can't believe they got, I mean, it also is kind of crazy. This was 2014. You could not get away with this scene at all anymore. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. Yeah, like it's just so bad. I was like, I couldn't even believe it was in a fire episode. That's how bad it was. Sam, could you believe this coming out of Casey? No, honestly. So bad. So bad. So bad. So right when you think that this can't get bad enough, Kelly turns around and is like, I'm gonna make a sexist remark. Oh, oh my God. Like the sexist of sexist remarks, though. It's so bad. This is the kind of thing you would expect to hear out of Herman. I mean, and like, it didn't necessarily surprise me coming out of Kelly because Kelly was a very different person back then. But, like, it's just bad. It's just, I, I have no other words, but, like, it was bad. It's bad. So Kelly turns to the bartender, and he's like, hey, free shots for all girls nine and up. Well, no, and then eventually it gets even worse because he says, he's like, equality for all, six and up. And it's just like, oh, my God. It's very easy to forget that early season Kelly, probably from, like, season one to... I would say maybe four or five. Kelly's just kind of straight up a jackass. Season one through four, for sure. Maybe through early parts of five, but then we get to Anna. We've talked about that. But yeah, definitely seasons one through four, Kelly is like a different Kelly. He's he's just kind of a dick. Yeah. 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 There's a couple times in this episode I'm like, who are you? Yes. Like, I'm glad we have a new Severide, because this Severide, I don't want anymore. I don't want him. Well, like, thank God we have a new Severide, because this Severide in season nine would not be tolerable. No, but yeah, I'm glad we have the season nine version of Kiskelly Severide that we have now. Absolutely. So, Sam, have you heard us talk about the, the circle of Kelly before? Yes. Okay, what yeah. what are your thoughts there about the circle where it just goes over and over? He just, like, hooks up with a girl, breaks up with a girl, hooks up, breaks up. Okay, this is when, when I first started binging Fire, it got, I almost want to say that I got kind of annoyed with Kelly. I'm like, the circle needs to stop. It, just, it got so annoying. It was so bad. It got repetitive, right? Yes, so repetitive. And totally predictable. And it, it made me worry. Every time there was a new female, I was like, oh, no, keep her away from Kelly, please. I was like, oh, yes. just kidding. He's going to sleep with her. He slept with her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there would be a new girl on, like, fire or, or not fire, on, like, med or something. And you'd be like, good, she's safe from What's she doing in bed with Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we snapped out of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
God, but like nine and up and then like six and up. Kelly. Equality. No, and the thing, the thing that's even worse about the six and up part is when they say like equality for all. And I was just like. Yeah. It's. This is also interesting because it it shows the difference in in how far how far television has come just in six years in terms of how they treat women, right? How this comment flew in twenty fourteen, it doesn't fly now. Yeah, and I'd like to wonder what people were saying about it. Like, I'm sure there were people who were outraged because it was still twenty fourteen. It's not like we were in the nineteen fifties, but. Yeah, it's like now I can't even know. This would not fly. You mm-hmm. couldn't even put this on television. Nor do I think they would want to put this on television. Not that even they could. No. So um, there's a line in the outline here about present day Casey and Severide. Brenna, was that you or was that Sam? Not me. That was me. Okay. So um, I agree with you. Present day Kelly and Matt would not do this. But would they not do it because they've grown and have more respect for women and understand how freaking sexist that is? Or would they not do that just because they're like older and, you know, Stelly, Stella, Kelly <laughs> said Stelly, Stelly, not even drinking yet, not even drinking yet. Brain is mush. Uh, but Kelly is in a monogamous relationship now. So, I mean, what do you think they would say it because they have more respect for women and understand or because they're older. I want to say on Kelly's part, it would be because he's kind of grown Mm -hmm. because I think Stella has kind of helped him grow. So I want to say Kelly wouldn't say this because he has grown and he now has more respect for women. Casey, I almost just want to say not to hate on Casey, but just because he's older. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's I think it for both of them it's probably a combination of the two. I think for one, I mean, Matt's been married now, and so I think that probably changed a lot of how he thought about things. And obviously he just gotten older. I think I, I think it's a combination of both. I think obviously with age with getting older comes more knowledge, and I think they probably realize like, yeah, that's just not a thing we say anymore. But also too, I like to think that everything they've been through and they realize it's just not also, again, a thing you say anymore and that they've changed. So here's a question that's sort of related, but not really. And in, in 902, when Casey is totally willing to, like, you know, make out with Brett and give in to his feelings and everything, but he doesn't necessarily. But he, he knows in the back of his mind that if Gabby were to come back, he would run away. I mean, is that disrespectful to Brett? Should he not have even done that then, knowing that if Gabby were to come through that door, he would leave? Well, he doesn't know that. I no, I, I counter. I I argue against you on that. What you just said, because that's not technically what he said. He said he doesn't know, and I don't know if he would. I that's a nine oh three. We'll see what happens. But I think he would. Sam, what do you think? I think he would. And in the same point, even if he doesn't know if he would, if you don't know if you would, like if you fully have feelings. Another girl, pick up and leave the moment your ex comes back. Then you probably shouldn't even be starting anything with anybody else. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I my feelings are like, how? So what? He's supposed to just live his life as a single man forever because he may one day, if Gabby ever leaves Puerto Rico, comes back. 
and he may or may not then still run away with her. Like, I don't know. Like, should he just stay a single man forever? I don't, I don't, I, no, I don't think so. Well, no, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But to answer your question, Gina, about was he right for making out with Brett? I mean, again, like, I just, I, I don't think it's a big deal. Because he thinks, I don't think he realized, even if he said, yeah, I would run away with Gabby, like, he may not have realized until Brett asked him. Or, like, you know, like, I don't know if he would have realized that. That might be kind of similar to, like, the question where, you know, people are like, if you won the lottery, like, right now, would you quit your job? Well, yeah, if I won the lottery right now. But that's not happening. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's all complicated as hell. Poor Casey is like, I didn't ask for any of this drama, okay? (laughs) Casey's like the least dramatic person on that show. Poor guy. He's like like the Taylor Swift of it all. He's just like, the drama just finds me. (laughs) Only the drama does actually just find Casey. Taylor Swift just kind of goes looking for it. I didn't say that. Um, Wow. Wow. We're going to we're going to edit that out so what I don't get the Swifties Taylor coming after Swift. me. Yeah, what a Taylor Swift. Are you a Taylor Swift hater, Gina? Um, I'm not a huge fan. I didn't like I didn't go into this episode and be like, I'm a hate on Taylor Swift tonight. Um, <laughs> we'll just X that out so I don't have Swifties coming at me anyway. OK, so Severide pulls wingman duty and it's fine. He does a good job, you know, and this is also where they work in the 310 to Yuma reference because Derek Haas co-wrote that. Um, Just a little bit of Chicago Fire trivia in there. But yeah, pulls wingman duty all as well until Casey wakes up in one of the girls apartments, which is like a total Severide move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got total Severide vibes from this scene. Right. Well, and it really took me for a hot second to even remember that Casey and uh, Dawson are engaged. Like, that makes it even ten times worse. It's one thing if they were just dating, but, like, they're engaged, and that's not, yeah. See, in my brain, everything in, like, season four and before that, they're just kind of, like, together. I don't, my brain can't really discern, like, are they dating? Are they engaged? Are they not? I'm just like, they're just kind of together. Yeah, season three is really when they're like, what are they? I, but yeah, they're technically engaged. Yeah, so, so Casey can't remember anything. Like, again, this is a full on Severide move, but Severide fills in the gaps because it turns out that Severide just kind of took Casey along with him for a ride in the circle. (laughs) Yeah, that's all that happened. So (laughs) Severide's like, oh, let me tell you what happened. Your phone went dead. You conked out and went to sleep, and I got my bang on with the girl in the bedroom. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) All right. So later on, the girl Chloe, she shows up at 51 to drop off Matt's phone, and Gabby goes from zero to 100, like, instantly. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, where do, okay, was, where do we start with this? Do we start it on the fight, or do we start with Gabby going zero to 100? I think start with Gabby going zero to a hundred. Okay. Was she right to immediately be like, holy shit, you spent the night at this girl's apartment? Yes. Sam? Yes. <laughs> I, I think yeah. maybe she shouldn't have been like, 
I mean, I don't know if she should have been, like, full-on, like, rage yelling, but, like, I would have been pissed if that was me and I was in that situation. Especially, again, it's one thing, like, yeah, if my if it was my boyfriend, I'd still be pissed about it, but it's my fiancé? Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. There's a total difference between if your boyfriend does it versus if your fiancé does it. And I don't think, I think if she had just said, like, if he, for example, had gone back to Severite's house, or Severide's place, and, like, yeah, Severide brought home a girl, but he was at Severide's, okay, fine. I don't think she really has any reason to be pissed, because he has every right to go out and have fun and whatever. But, like, it's because he went to a girl's house, that's where I think she, it allows her to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. The complicating factor. Yeah, I think part of that, no, no, I was going to say part of that's on Severide. No, it's not, because Casey's a grown-ass man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could argue that Severide shouldn't be, like, Severide should have taken care of his drunk friend and, like, made sure Casey got home okay, but, like, he didn't technically do anything wrong. He made sure Casey was safe and, you know taken care of he just made sure it was done at some other girl's apartment yeah if i if i hear that my fiance spent the night at another girl's apartment even if he didn't do anything it's still suspect to me right that's what i'm saying if severide takes him and the girl back to severide's place i don't think there's any issue no i agree it's because they went to her place Mm -hmm. that it becomes an issue isn't that totally awkward though for casey too like third wheel Casey was so drunk, he doesn't even remember what happened. Casey goes full Severide in this episode. And I think it's okay, too. Like, obviously, in this specific argument, I am on Team Gabby. In the argument as a whole and what they were arguing about prior, I am on Team Casey. I concur, Sam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah. I think you can be on both teams for two different issues. Gabby wins this battle, but Casey wins the war. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, they yes. have this brutal fight, and we have the audio from it because it's just brutal. Maybe this whole thing is too big for us. I'm trying to be a lieutenant and your fiance, and you can't respect either one. Um, this particular fight has been making the rounds on Twitter again this week. I don't know why. Um, yeah, is it because we tweeted about it? Like, why is this? Just, like, it's just weird. Yeah, this this particular, the, the last line that Casey says here, this particular line has been making the rounds on Chicago Fire Twitter this week. And it's been, it's been an interesting response because a lot of what I've seen has been people being like, damn straight, Casey, like, you're completely right. And he is completely right. He is. He is. Now, 2014 Gina was like, I can't believe he just said that to her. 2020 Gina is like, no, he's completely right. He's completely right for what he just said. And yeah, it is harsh, but it's the truth. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, this is kind of what people warn them about. Mm -hmm. The fact that, like, it was going to be hard when they started working together. Obviously, they were already working together. But, like, when she made the move to truck... And then, obviously, they became romantically involved, and then they got engaged. Like, everyone told them it was going to be hard, and that it probably wasn't going to work. And it's not working. Yeah. 
here, here's what I feel about this, though, is that I feel like the whole working together dynamic, like them being candidate and lieutenant and then also being fiancés, I feel like Casey was more willing to make it work than Gabby. Well, I think you could say that about their whole relationship. I... Well, Sam, help me out here. What do you think? I 100% agree with Bryna on this one. I think Casey was more into it than Gabby was because I feel like it was always what Gabby wanted. And I feel like Casey had to more accommodate and put aside what he wanted in order to accommodate what Gabby wanted. Like kind of like with the whole Louie thing. He at first didn't want to have Louie, but because Gabby wanted it, Gabby's like, no, I'm going to have it if you want to be in our lives then fine but I'm doing this with or without you so Casey kind of had to accommodate on that and then Gabby when she wanted to get pregnant she's like I'm gonna get pregnant whether you like it or not like my body it's my body my choice and she didn't even really give Casey a whole lot of a say in that so I feel like it was more kind of all about her and she was like I'm going to Puerto Rico I don't care if we're married okay bye yes yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I think it's like I think you could find moments. I'm not saying it was all that, but like for most part, I think it was definitely you can find moments from very early on in their relationship all the way to the end where it was like that. Yikes. So Gabby handles this by basically just saying, I want to go home. And she goes home and cries. Um yeah, so uh, do I, uh, they're in a bad spot. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So um, I also just want to point out that in 309, after she goes rogue on the uh, the call and like Casey's basically like, yeah, don't ever do that again. Um, Mills finds her like crying in the shower. So this is kind of a thing where she's just like, you were mad. You were mean to me. I'm going to go sulk. Which like, okay, that's fine. We've all been there. I think we all probably still do that where we're just like, shit. But still. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So elsewhere in this episode, we got Severide doing his little arson thing because hashtag blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan, take it away, please. Yeah. So their first call of the episode is a house fire. Basically, what happens in this call is the husband leaps out of the window, knocks Severide off the ladder. Severide ultimately, and he's, oh, and the guy's like, save my wife, save my wife. Uh, Severide ultimately rescues the wife, but the rest of the house is, like, really judgy towards the husband just because of the way he acted. Um, At first, like, I kind of was like, yeah, I don't know how I'd react in a fire, so, like, I don't want to be too judgy. But then you see how it happens, unfolds, and you're like, yeah, probably not the best idea. Because... They watch later, and they're watching TV, and they see the husband on TV, like, taking credit for the rescue. Um, Which, again, not a good look. And everyone's like, yeah, he sucks. We should call the news station, tell our side of the story. And Severide's just like, it doesn't bother me. Like, let him say what he wants. He's such a good leader. It kills me. I know. He says, as he's drinking out of the mug that I am currently drinking out of, which I noticed when I was watching this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you can't see it, but for Hanukkah, I got Bryna a big hug mug, which was Otis's. Mm-hmm. Yay. She did, she did. Yeah. Um, 
And so, but Severide's drinking at it in this episode, but whatever. Anyway, so later on, Squad is doing a puzzle, which I don't think we've ever seen them do a puzzle, but... They don't strike me as the puzzle types. I mean, I guess at some point, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, you can only read so many books and, like... You know, like you're gonna need you need something to do. You know what I'd pay good money to see? Like I would pay good money to see Squad playing Monopoly. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. I I just like at some point I feel like it was us in quarantine, right? Like I don't feel like I've done a puzzle in a long time until quarantine hit, and then I feel like I did like all I wanted to do was puzzles. I have managed to stay away from the puzzles during quarantine, Sam. Yeah, I managed to stay away from the puzzles. It was more just a bunch of TV. I did every single puzzle in when I was nannying at the time. Like, I did every single puzzle in their house. I I didn't even care. The kids, I'd be like, you want to do a puzzle with me? No. I'm like, I don't care. I'm still doing the damn puzzle. I just <laughs> wanted to do all the puzzles. I don't know. No, it's been mostly, it's been TV and Animal Crossing for me. I just, yeah, I wanted to do, I don't know. I really into puzzles right now. Anyway. I also love how Severide is like, guys, remember, edges first. Like, this is, like, serious business for him. <laughs> yes, it is. Puzzle doing is serious business. Yes. I, I would ask if he and Stella do puzzles, but, I mean, that's just a euphemism, and we all know it. <laughs> it's like Linstead and Scrabble. I mean, damn. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I guess Stella, for Stellaride, it's puzzles. For Linstead, it's Scrabble. Yeah, exactly. What's it going to be for Upstead? Oh, I don't know. We're not there yet. We, we're not there yet. I know. I'm just Unfortunately. Excited. Unfortunately. We've waited so long. <sighs> Such a slow burn. A not slow, nearly as slow, slow as Brett and Casey, but yes, a slow burn. Yeah. Anyway, so the husband stops by. It's this hella awkward interaction. And the husband's like, yeah, well, I was in a fire and when I was 16 and it burned the majority of my body, so I panicked. Uh, which again, a reasonable response. I'm not. Uh, I'm not judging him for that. And Severide's like, as he the husband walks away, Severide's like, "Walk a mile, man. Walk a mile." Uh, again, he's just such a good leader. Just such such a good leader. Such a good leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the city's like, "Yeah, we want Squad to come look over the scene one more time, and what so we can determine whether to condemn." And they're like, "Okay, whatever." And so Kelly is talking to Newhouse in this situation, and Kelly asks about the wife, and this, like, weird little exchange happens, and we have the audio, because it's, it's weird. It's weird. We could not do it justice. It's weird. You guys hear anything more from the wife? Uh, she's still in the burn unit. You guys know Dr. Kendra over there? She sometimes keeps me posted on things. Yeah, I know her. She's a lesbian. Interesting. Okay. What does her being a lesbian have to do with anything right now? I Okay, so I watched <laughs> this scene like five times because I like really needed to break it down. I think what happens is I wonder if Newhouse is talking about it because Newhouse is like, oh yeah, I talked to Kendra or whatever. And I wonder if Kelly thinks that Newhouse is trying to, like, get with Kendra, and that's why he says, he's like, oh, she's a lesbian. I know her. She's a lesbian. And then Newhouse is like, oh. Like, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Does the only, reason I, can, yeah, the I only like- reason I can think of is he's, 
like Newhouse thinks like maybe he has a shot at it and Severide's like no nah, she's a lesbian like Sam what were you gonna say yeah I just feel like what Brian has said that that's like the only thing that logically makes sense because otherwise I just don't understand what and her like, being why a lesbian would you has that? to do with anything right they're talking about the wife like what the wife of <laughs> like it literally has otherwise nothing to do with it but also, like, time and place. What on, why, what on earth about, like, a hollowed-out crime scene makes you be like, oh, by the way, Kendra? Because Newhouse makes a comment about talking to Kendra and that Kendra gave him the update on the wife. Yeah, that was just uh, odd. Also, I don't know if we ever saw Kendra again. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I feel like the last time we ever saw Kendra was the first time that blew up. No, I think we saw her after that. We probably did. But yeah, it's Kendra. Kendra was there, and then she's not, and yeah. And literally every time you bring up that Shay and Kendra dated, I always go, oh yeah, I forgot that. Literally every single time. I don't think they dated. I just, did they? I just thought they were lesbian friends. I thought they dated. Sam, I don't, any I don't remember. I don't remember. I have to go back and rewatch. I don't quite remember. We still really need to make like a list, like a running list of just random one Chicago trivia so we can like reference it like yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. Some of these like little details. They like We got to start, we got to like do something with a trivia game and like compile some form of one Chicago trivia in some way, shape, or form. We really do. Yeah. Anyway. And the basically the this whole storyline ends because Kelly spots something at the crime scene uh, because like, of course he does. He notices that the fire seems to have started in three places at the same time. So it's probably not an accident. It's probably arson. And that's that. Um, I, I, I just, that, I love so much when Kelly's like, Kelly gets all smart and he's just like, oh, that means this happened, which means that happened, which means this guy's the killer. I love it. That's like one of my favorite things on Chicago Fire. I, it'll never happen, but I still need him to go do a ride along with intelligence. Just once. Just once. Give it to me in a crossover. Like that's as close as where it's going to happen, but like I need it. Sam, you've heard us talk about this before, right? Sorry, say that again. I was Googling Shay. <laughs> I love it. Um, you've heard us talk about this before, how we, we just want to see Severide with intelli- sorry, intelligence for one episode. Have you heard? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? I am totally on board with that. I would love to see Kelly be a part of intelligence. Just one. I just, for one day. I don't even care if it's in a crossover. I, I need it once. Mm. Yes. And not just like a, oh, let me help you for like one scene. I need him to like do every part. I need him in the bullpen. I need him in every aspect of an intelligence solving case. I think he would get under somebody's skin up there. Not necessarily Voight's because Voight would be like, I love your instincts. Like, that's really good. Probably Pat or Ruzik's. Uh, yeah, I could see that. And Ruzik would be like, what the hell? This guy just came over from the firehouse. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then he's just like, I- Fixed it. I also would have said Antonio if Antonio was still around. I think he would have gotten under both of their skins. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, so so that's the, the Kelly part of it. Um, I, I love Arson Detective Kelly. It's just, Me too. My favorite Kelly. It never gets oh, old. It really doesn't. It really, it really doesn't. No, it never gets old. Him with kids and him being an arson detective. Just, yeah. So good. So good. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I need some Kelly and uh, kid content 
or Kelly Severide and kids content. <laughs> Severide and a child. <laughs> yeah, Severide and a child. We'll use that word. Yeah, I need some Severide and child children content. Which reminds me, you know what we need to go back and cover, Bryna, is one of those episodes with JJ. Remember JJ? Which one's JJ? Is that the one whose mom got killed? Yeah. Yeah, we could do one of those. So good. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, elsewhere, we've got pretty much the comic storyline, which is Molly's 2. Um, TBT to when Molly's had a food truck. I completely forgot about this. Did you guys? Kind of. I'm going to be honest and say, yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah. Like, I remembered that they had done something, but I don't think I remembered that it was a food truck. Yeah. Like, I remembered Molly's North, but I completely forgot about Molly's, too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally forgot about this. So, Chaplin Orlovsky comes by, and he issues a fill-the-boot challenge. And so, the soup kitchen that he volunteers at needs a new oven. Without it, they could be shut down. So, Herman tries to delegate the responsibility, because, like, right off the bat, he's like, oh, hell no. Like, no. And Casey just delegates it right back to him. So... Um, it's funny though, cause we get a couple scenes where, you know, Herman's got the boot and he's going around, he's giving everybody crap. He's like, come on, I know your side gig brings in enough money, um, and all that stuff. But, um, he does mention this to Cap. We never found out what Cap's side gig is, did we? No, we don't know. Mm-mm. Okay. Brian, I know you never saw How I Met Your Mother. Sam, did you? I've seen a few episodes. I haven't seen a ton of it. So, do, do you ever learn anything about Barney's job? How, like, we, we, you never find out what Barney's job is. When they ask him what he does, he just goes, huh, please. Did you ever get to right. that point? This is kind of what that is, right? Yes. Yeah, we just never, I don't think we've ever learned what Cap's side job is. I don't think we have, but now that I heard about it again, I kind of want to know what it is. Like, I need I kinda, to know more. I kind of want to tweet Randy because he would give us a really hilarious answer. He would. Yeah, you should totally do it. I'm going to do that, like, right now, like, live on the pod. <laughs> do it. <laughs> okay, here's the outline. Here's us. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. This is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> it's out there. It's out there in the world. Uh, it's out there in the world. Um, anyway. <laughs> Maybe we can stick like a fast forward sound clip in there when I'm drafting the tweet. Just be like, Rip! okay, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Got um, it. Give us a hilarious reply if he does answer. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we never we never find out Cap's side job, and and we'll see if Randy replies. Hopefully he does, because that would be really funny. So Mouch, Otis, Cruz, and Newhouse they get Molly's food truck into this like Christmas Christmas festival in Chicago or something like. TBT to Newhouse first. Off. I was just about to say, yeah, Newhouse who just literally disappeared. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this like Christmas food truck festival, which like, hey, TBT to like being around places with people and normal things like normal fun things like Christmas and food trucks. I know. Yeah. yeah. You guys ever think about con and just be like, man, are we ever gonna go back to that ever again? Do you guys ever think about that? Yes, all, all the time. The time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Like, will I be able to ever go to any con ever again? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cruz and Brett are still in their, like, friendly flirty stage. Like, Cruzumba just happened. Um, and, like, mm -hmm. they were flirty and, like, that happened. And they, I think they decided to date, like, pretty soon. I, they've already decided to date, like, before this or, like, right after this. It's one of the two. 
but uh, after this yeah so brett comes up with santa bites which it's basically like turkey potatoes and cranberries that are stuffed into a puff pastry so it's basically thanksgiving yeah and a yeah. puff pastry i mean it sounds good mm. yeah mm. so at the christmas festival cruise bumps the emergency brake and Herman convinces a local reporter to, like, interview him and be like, hey, cover my food truck. But, of course, like, these things collide in, like, the best way possible because he's talking to the reporter. He clams up and gets totally awkward. And while he's doing this interview, you just see the truck, like, roll past him and down the street. Into the nativity scene. Into just... the nativity scene. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. Such a classic Herman thing. So good. Yeah, so good. Meanwhile, we had just had a moment before this where Casey and Dawson had hugged, and they were like, we're going to be okay. We'll get through this. And then there goes the truck. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the next morning, there are firefighters from another house, like, just waiting outside 51 because they cannot wait to rip Herman. Like, it's funny, but also, like, poor guy, but also it's still really funny. It's still really funny. Yeah. 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 and they hand him a paper, and doesn't it say, like, manger danger or something like that? Like, it says something really Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So funny. And, yeah, so the, the firefighters, like, we've seen a lot of firefighters make the morning paper, but never like this. And, I mean, it's hilarious, but it's also the kind of thing, it's, it's just the kind of thing that would push Herman's buttons and piss him off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, especially after he thought he was going to get all this money and all this press and all this good stuff from Molly's, too, and it just all crashed and burned, literally. <laughs> um i just love this scene um inside the um the main room at the firehouse let me play that audio look look, any press is good press right (sighs) yeah except that yeah that reads like molly's is responsible for the death of jesus again It's so good. with these lines sometimes that you're like did he just say that but then you're also like that was really funny actually it's like one of those things where if you know that kind of person in real life you're like how did he just come up with that off the top of his head like obviously this is tv writing so they came up with it but like how did how does someone come up with that stuff off the top i could never i it's could the never pause when he's like that makes it sound like molly's is responsible for the death of jesus and then it's the pause and he goes again again <laughs> so good so good. So Cruz and Mouch brainstorm what to do with the truck, and they end up donating it to Chaplin Orlovsky. So it's a sweet little funny Christmas feels. All the Christmas feels. Yeah, yeah. So um, we got a message from Christine about this one, and Christine said, my biggest takeaway here was that Santa Bites are basically kolaches. She said, I even asked Derek once on a seven-question Sunday, and he confirmed that they were the inspiration. Um, RIP slash TBT to Derek's Twitter feed and seven-question Sunday. Yes. Also, I love that Christine asked the very important investigative questions because that is important information. It is important information. <laughs> important things we need to know. Very yeah, important. Exactly. Yes. Especially because we can't get them now because Derek's not on Twitter. I know. I miss Derek being on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We had something really nice, y'all, and then he went away. I know. Derek, come back. I know. No other showrunners do that, so... They probably do. They're just shows I don't watch. But last up is Bowden and Donna. Oh, you still no. got Mills. You still got Mills. Second to last up. I can't count. I no. whatever. That's not my strong suit. Anyway, 
So uh, yeah, next up is Bowden and Donna. Bryna, will you take us through them, please? Yes. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, Donna is pregnant and her due date is looming very soon. Um, and so Bowden calls Casey and Severide in the office so he can just be like, yeah, basically Donna's due any day now. And so if I have to leave immediately, you know why. Okay, cool. And like Casey and Severide start teasing him about being a parent. And it's just like, I love their little friendship trio thing. It's, it's just the best. It's so good. Them calling Bowden dad was just the sweetest thing ever. Oh, I love it so much. I love Papa that. Bowden. Thank um, you. Anyway, so Donna stops by the firehouse and is telling Bowden all about a friend she had whose daughter, or who had a daughter, and they have a hyphenated surname. And Bowden's like, yeah, no, it's going to be a Bowden. And Donna's like, what? And Bowden's like, yeah, Bowdens have just been Bowdens. Tradition still means something. And it's just like, what? It's weird to me that this was even a thing. Again, 2014. Different times. Yeah. Just, 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 it's like, I, it's not weird that Donna suggested. It's weird that Bowden's like, no, no, this is tradition. Like, this is tradition. I, uh, but, uh, okay. Yeah. It, yeah, I think the fact that he didn't even consider it. Yeah, and I think it's also, again, in hindsight, like, the fact that now we see Bowden so much, so willing to break tradition and try, I mean, I guess in the firehouse, like, try so many different things and, you know, be so open to everyone's ideas and whatever, and then, like, to go back to this episode and you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, I get it. Obviously, it's also different between, like, it's one thing to be open and cool about breaking tradition in your job, but, like, when it comes to your family, I think traditions are a little bit more important, too, but. Yeah. Anyway, so Bowden kind of throws out a conversation to Connie, which R.I.P. Connie, um, about, like, a turkey and a ham metaphor, and basically he's trying to make the point that, like, yeah, tradition still matters. And he's just like, okay. Connie's and then, just like, uh, turkey, ham? Like, Connie's just like, this is really weird, but I'm going with it? Yeah. And then he, like, tries to take it even further and, like, talks about it with Otis, and yeah, it's just... Yeah. 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 Sam, was this you in the outline who said, why discuss your personal business with other people? Yeah. Like, it seemed like he was trying to get, like, trying to almost get confirmation that, like, yeah, tradition means something. But, like, why discuss personal business like that with other people? Like, that should just be something that should stay between him and Donna. Right. Or be like, hey, can I get some advice? Like, he was just like, yeah, let me use this turkey and ham metaphor and not actually talk about my problems. And it's just like, yeah. if you had wanted advice, just be like, hey, can I get some advice on something? Yeah, which is why, like, when I feel like when he was talking about it with Otis, Otis just, it looked, seemed like he was so uncomfortable. Like, why is he talking about this with me? Yeah. 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 I think Bowden sort of knew that he was in the wrong, but was just kind of looking for confirmation elsewhere of like, yes. I'm, I'm good, I'm right, I'm right, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Donna goes to 50, back to 51 to basically rip into Bowden, but all of a sudden goes into labor. So not really the right time for that. Um, and they end up, they so squad takes Donna, they're going to drive her to the hospital because Ambo's still not back from their call, which we'll get there in a hot second um 
but so squad's going and they run into traffic. So literally Donna ends up giving birth to Terrence in the back of the squad truck. And Bowden's like, how appropriate he's born in the, you know, it's just like, yeah, of course, Bowden's kid is going to be born in a fire truck. There's so many moving parts to this scene that I like want to talk about. I just don't really know where to start. Just pick somewhere. Okay. So, um, Sam, you brought up the interesting point here. Go ahead. Well, when I was watching it, I just saw in the corner of my eye, is it Severide's turncoat that it's they wrapped Terrence in? Bowden's, I think. Okay, because I was trying to figure out what it said on the back. I was like, does it say lieutenant or what does it say? I think it's definitely either Severide's or Bowden's, but I think it's Bowden's. That would make more sense, and I hope it'd be Bowden's, because if it's <laughs> Severide's, then I'm like, ew. I, I mean, I, I think at that point it doesn't really matter as long as there's something to keep the baby warm. I don't know. Yeah. Again, we're TV doctors. We just pretend like we know a lot of stuff that we don't know at all. So, yes. yeah, I don't know. Um, there's also the moment when, when they lay Donna down because she's ready to start pushing. There's a know. moment where Severide is like, do you want me to? And Bowden's like, not a hell chance. No. like, hell no. Did Severide just volunteer to like, Okay. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird too, but like, whatever. There's also the moment when Severide asked Bowden, he's like, have you done this before? And Bowden goes, more times than I could count, which made me in turn be like, wait, you haven't, Kelly? Like, I would think that they would come across this. No, I think he's just double checking that Bowden has. I feel like Kelly's probably delivered a kid. There's a good question. Does Kelly know how to deliver a baby? <laughs> so Taylor, burning question. I feel like they all probably have at least one point or another. We know Casey has, like early season one. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, that moment when Kelly's like, hey, Chief, do you want me to? I flash back to Grace. <laughs> and you know the exact moment with Grace that I'm flashing back to when Bailey's like, stop looking at my magician. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like that <Tell> exact me. <laughs> moment. Um, yeah. I mean, it's totally appropriate that Terrence is born in the back of the truck. Absolutely. But I mean, it's all cute and stuff. Like once, once Terrence is born, like everything's fine and Kelly's laughing and he's like, oh my God, like dad, yay. And then of course, go ahead, Brenna. Yeah, and, like, Donna's totally cool with tradition, and she's like, yeah, it's Bowden. His name, you know, it's all Bowden. We're just going with Bowden. And then we find out that the baby's in respiratory distress. And, like, you've never seen Bowden so, like, yell so much. He's, like, leaves Donna, basically, which, of course, and, like, goes after and just starts yelling at all the nurses, being like, what's wrong? I mean, it's like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's a whole thing. The whole thing whole thing yeah i mean it's a happy ending you know he ends up spoiler yeah being fine. fine yeah yeah terrence ends up okay and now he's like the cutest little kid i know we haven't seen him in a while though no we haven't which means like if this is season mm-hmm. three he's about to be five. Oh my god oh he's more than well yeah because there's some time jumps in there he's probably more than five now he's probably like oh and the next time we see him he's gonna be like a full-on adult and we're gonna be like what the hell yeah right? i know yeah Jeez. crazy crazy so last up we've got mills and um there's not a ton here but like you know it leads us into the mid-season premiere and it's the cliffhanger so um mills arrives the very beginning of the episode anthony lulo is waiting for mills outside the firehouse this is the the kid's uh father and he's kind of like a wannabe boy right kind of 
Yeah, he, he's like a poor man's Voight. Like, if you ever put him in Voight face-to-face, Voight would just be like, boo. And he'd, like, get terrified. Voight eats, like, chumps like him for breakfast. Voight's like, yeah, I chew you up and spit you out. Like, Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Anthony, like, apologizes for his behavior. He's just like, yeah, I'm sorry I overreacted. You know, blah, 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 I'm grieving. And Mills is like, that's fine. I get it. I lost my dad at a young age. Like, I totally understand. So later on, Mills is like, yeah, Bowden, all is fine. Which, like, record scratch, all is not fine. Not fine. No. Nah. So Mills has a present for Brett, and he gives it to her, but they get a call. And so they get, like, they get called into this alleyway, which, like, I feel like the alleyway should be, like, the first indication of, like, shit. (laughs) Yeah. So this guy's been run over in an alleyway, but they, before they go to load him in the Ambo, a car, like, blocks their path. And that's, like, this is, like, in the middle of the episode, and that's, like, it. So that's, like, all we hear from Ambo. So at the end... You know, Terrence is born and everything, and Truck 81 gets back, and they're just like, where the hell are Brett and Mills? Like, what are we doing here? So Truck goes to the last known location, and they find the Ambo and the patient, but Mills and Brett are gone. And that's mm-hmm. the cliffhanger. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's 310. That's the mid-season finale. So, um, yeah, as far as mid-season finales go, I feel like this is, like, this was uh, before mid-season finales became, like, the spectacle that they were, but, like, they were on their way, you know? They were, like, on their well, way to becoming a big deal. And I think it, like, got the point, like, it, the whole point was to set up for the mid-season premiere, and, like, the mid-season premiere is a great mid-season premiere, mm-hmm. and so, like, it just kind of is like, yeah, but, like, the next one is, like, really good. Really, really good, yeah, so, um, yeah, um, overall thoughts on this episode, Sam. Go ahead. I really liked this episode. I thought it was really good, minus the Dossie stuff. But <laughs> I, Is that how we're going to look at Dossie from now, like, forever now? We're going to be like, yeah, this episode was so good, minus the Dossie stuff. Well, then just, yeah, I feel like, uh, uh, why Monica leaving just kind of colors the way, and, like, the way that then that everything about that relationship kind of ended i feel like it's just going to color all the good stuff about dossie which is unfortunate because there is some good dossie stuff it's you know just yeah yeah there is some really good dossie stuff it's just yeah there's also a lot of bad and i think it came to light when monica left does that mean we can't enjoy when she came back in season eight no that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy that I mean, you may, so other people may not have enjoyed it, but that doesn't mean, like, you can't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. The more we cover these old episodes, the more I'm like, ooh, yeah, there's a lot more wrong with them than I initially saw. Yeah. That's every couple, though. Again, in hindsight. That's just anything in hindsight. True story. Yeah. True story. So, um, any other notes on this episode? There's a lot that happens in this episode. So much that happens in this episode, I know. Um, I'm keeping an eye on Twitter. We have no reply from Randy yet. <laughs> but um, Check yeah. our Twitter by the time you're listening to this. See if we've gotten one. See if we have a reply. Let's see what the last time was that Randy tweeted. He's always doing something. He's tweeted, I feel like, relatively recently. Okay, let's see. Relatively. Oh, he hasn't tweeted in three days. Okay, three days. It's not like... It's not like a Nick Gelfis. Yeah, it's not like Nick. Who, like, like, hasn't tweeted in ever. Right, or it's not like a Jesse Lee Soffer who 
the only time he tweets about non-politics is, you know, when there's a new episode. Acknowledge haters, on. yeah. 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 Yep. So, we'll see. Just, just stay we'll tuned. keep an eye on that, yeah. <laughs> stay tuned. We might find out what Cap's side job is. <laughs> so, um, as always, Shyherds, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, sure. Um, it's me to Molly's right across the board. Um, we have a Patreon. There is the opportunity to support us now and become a patron for it, starting as little as $2 a month. Check out the link in our bio on all of our social medias to get more information. Um, check out our Tee Public store. Guys, it's December now. There's sales like all the time. So um, our t-shirts are $13, 35% off up to like the rest of the store. Um, check it out because our squad goal shirts are pretty awesome. So yeah. yeah. Or that don't fuck with our city, the PD one is amazing. Yeah. Sam, have you checked out our Tee Public store at all? I have. The designs are amazing. They're really, really good. <laughs> Gina does them all. Aww. It's you know my my ninth grade Photoshop skills from like twenty years ago. Sure, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So check out our T Public. Check out our Patreon. You know we're we're all over the place. So follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Brenna. I am at Brenna K thirteen. Sam, where are all of the places on social media that we can find you? On Twitter, I am at Samantha Rob. That's Samantha with two A's. And on Instagram, I am at Samantha underscore Rob. Awesome. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Was this fun? Did you have fun? Oh, this was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Of course. You are welcome back anytime. anytime. Um, we should totally have you back when we cover 311, which is Let Him Die, which we got a tweet about, like, right after we announced we were covering this. Somebody was like, you're going to cover 311, right? And I was like, oh, we've never covered that one. That's a good one to cover, too. It is a good one. Um, yeah. Except we can't do it next week, because next week is our second annual Hallmark Christmas movie episode with Friend of the Pod and Us Weekly Senior Entertainment Editor Emily Longaretta. So... Although at this point, it's more than just Hallmark Christmas movies. It's just Christmas movies. It's just Christmas movies. It's Hallmark, Lifetime, Hulu, Netflix. Netflix. It's, you know, all of the things. All of the things. All of the I'm things. going to need to listen to that episode. It's going to yes. be fun. It's going to be It'll fun. Be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. We always have fun with Emily. So uh, that'll be good. So yeah. Um, email us anytime. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com if you like the show, which we really hope you do. If you could take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, we would so greatly appreciate that. Otherwise, everybody have a good weekend. Wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, stay safe, just all that good stuff. And we will see you next week. Bye.